185 miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. Corner, the challenger, fighting out of the hard corner. From Seattle, Washington, it's the axe man of the band change. It is the mighty, mighty, posy, positive Christopher Chris. And his opponent, fighting out of the core corner. From parts unknown, weight unknown. Reason he didn't pick minor threat in the straight edge Super 7, unknown. It is the reigning, defending, undisputed 185 miles south trivia champion of the world, Daniel. These questions are too easy. Sant! All right, and we're going to send the first question off to Posse Chris. Now, Chris, Chubby Fresh was the drummer for this Cleveland hardcore band. They have the song One Life Drug Free on the 1990 Victory Records comp Only the Strong. Who is Confront? Nailed it. Point to Chris. And we go to the defending I, champ. For I his believe the answer is just Confront. True. But who <laughs> is is fine. Shout out to Alex Trebek. Rest in peace, dog. Yeah, rest in peace. What a ledge. All right. So we go to Dan. Uh, minus one point for already cutting in on me. But uh, one of the two animals... Okay, here's the question. <laughs> Shit. Oh, oh. All right. Here's, here's the question. One of the two animals featured on the intro for the 185 miles south head-to-head segment. Also, the singer of the great Northwest hardcore band, Change. <laughs> I like what you did there. It's a ram. A point to the champ. <laughs> All right. And we go to Posse Chris sure for his harem. That's how everyone mispronounces his name. No, I know. I think he told me once to just say A Ram. I know. So I just I, have, I didn't want to confuse the audience. No, I, I know. It's harder to say. To see him. But if someone says how to say their name, fucking say it right, dude. God, it's not that hard. All right. Let's see here. Chris, Hold on. question number two. I got a trivia for you guys. No. Ram, this is this is not a question. I'm going to tell you a piece of trivia. So, Aram was once in a punk band called Aram and the Sheep Herders. True. Oh, fact. that's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. All right, Chris. Sorry, Zach. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, well, fuck this. I if, if the Sheep Herders are mentioned, I'm giving the Bushwhackers a shout out. So <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, dude. Shout out to the Continental Wrestling Association where they uh, came up, I believe. <laughs> All right. Chris, question number two. Uh, in the final line of the Earth Crisis song, Gamora's season ends, what fact does singer Carl divulge about himself? Uh, this is this is a blind spot for me because uh, I kind of tuned everything out after, honestly, Half tuned out Firestorm, but or sorry, half tuned out uh, Destroy the Machines. But I'm gonna say, is that the one where he said he yells, I am straight edge? A point to Chris. Oh, yeah. I thought he was gonna miss it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
We go to Dan for question number two. Dan, this band was named after an ill repute LP and was one of the most notable bands of the bandana thrash subgenre in the late 90s and early 2000s. The drummer is a LARPer who is also a poor record reviewer. <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible record reviewer, but he is in the band. What happens next? A point to the champ. All right, we go to Chris, and I know, Chris, you're not a years person, and you told me, and so now I think I boned you. But uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Chris, question number three. The Growing Stronger compilation 7-inch comes out on Teamwork Records in what year? Is it 90... I'm going to say 97. Point to Chris. Yeah. All right. All right. I knew you'd have it within the couple year span, right? It had to be it had to be 96 yeah. to 98. Yeah, the right? the thing I was worried about with that one is like like that that comp definitely like embodies like the that 97 movement, but I I worried if maybe it it came out just ahead of it, but Right, right, right. All right, well Dan, we go to you and uh you've been warned that you're getting these questions, so no sympathy. Oh no. What is Bridge 9 Records number 1? Tenfold. Ben, we go to Ben for uh Oh, uh Tenfold uh god it's Justin from what's his name's band uh Split. It's a Tenfold Split with god what band was ju- it's a it's a long band name. Um fucking Take hell. This pressure, pressure, pressure. Not yet, not yet. Come on. <laughs> um, God, what, it, it's not where fear and weapons meet, but it's something like that. Oh Fucking my! A, man, he's dancing on it. Oh, this is killing me. I can't take this pressure. Uh, it's oh this is driving me crazy i can't uh, <laughs> something about nuclear weapons um oh. six foot two what you gonna do daniel so close <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you five seconds dan and then chris is gonna uh get a chance to to answer the question um, tenfold split with a Connecticut hardcore band with a longer name that is very similar to Where Fear and Weapons Meet, but it's about nuclear war. That's my answer. All right, Six Chris. Foot two. Six foot two. What you gonna do? We send it to Chris for the steal. Is it some of all fears? Ah! Oh! Uh, steal for. Oh. You know, it's funny. Oh, oh. Dan got me halfway there. Like, I was thinking it was either the trust or proclamation. And I know those were probably. Hey, look, oh, the, kid, the kid on Punk Bites either has a green mohawk or a blue mohawk. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. As soon as Dan said tenfold, I'm defeated. I knew what it was. But then by the time it was my turn, I was like, crap, I totally forgot it already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Some Chris. Oh, fucking hell. And Justin, yeah, the singer, lives in San Diego now. And he's a Devendra Bandhart 
kind of country rocker now. Well, you were really close, dude. So respect. But let's go to Chris first. Question number four. Chris, true or false? A member of Upfront did backups on the side by side seven inch. Hmm. I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to say true. We go to Dan for the potential steal. Dan, true or false? A member of Upfront did backups on the side by side seven inch. I mean, everyone knows that's false. Everyone. <laughs> false, but side note, Chris from Smorgasbord Records did. So it would it would I was gonna say, yo, Terranova, what's up? They didn't invite you, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, Dan. Up. Oh, this is this is right in your wheelhouse. Wow. All right. The Cinema Beer Goggles VHS tape features two bands who were from outside the United States. Yeah. Who were they? I gotta name both. Yeah. Oh no! Now I've got to go like straight up. <laughs> you know, I've done some. I've done some research on on uh, <laughs> this in the past because I've been getting slammed by these questions. So I watched Cinema Beer Goggles while bored at work the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like by, it, it by is, the end of this podcast, like <laughs> by the end of the podcast run, Dan is going to be the world's foremost expert on the cinema beer series yes that and i also will probably become a 25 to life fan. dude we have to do a cinema beer goggles watch along for the patreons <laughs> we do we absolutely do i've never well, seen it i've never seen it so that would be interesting oh, oh awesome Whoa. well i know one of them is definitely funeral oration yeah because <laughs> <laughs> But now I'm stuck between uh, what's the band with the girl, uh, the Goops, or um, oh no 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 no! I know who it is. It's the um, I think they're Dutch, Dutch uh, Pennywise styley. Uh, no fun at all. Point to the champ. He's the champ oh. for a reason, people. Nice. Yeah! I think they might be they might be Swedish. I think they're oh, Swedish. Okay. I don't know. I think they're Swedish, okay. but we, we no, we we were only asking for the names of the bands, and he got both of them right. Yep. Yeah, but if that is correct, that is correct. Errors. True. You know, Chris is a world traveler. He never knows when he's going to get slapped from behind for saying something wrong. I just thought that you know, funeral oration. They might just you know be brother bands. True. It's true. Um. But yeah, you nailed it. Like, no fun at all. Total, like, kind of Pennywise clone. All right, Chris. Oh, this this question's savage, dude. I'm sorry. But it's basically <laughs> a this or that. All right, which album has more songs? Infest Slave or Infest No Man's Slave? Uh, slave. We go to Dan for the potential steal. Uh... Dan, which album has more songs? Infest Slave or infest no man's slave. And also, please don't ever complain about your questions again because Chris is getting jacked. <laughs> infest no man's slave. I'm just taking That's right. the no man's the, slave has. I'm just taking the bad side of the 50s <laughs> here, serving them up for Dan. Well, it's true. It's true. Yeah, no man's slave has 19 songs, and slave only has 18. <laughs> All right, we go to Dan for his question number five. Dan, on the debut album by The Clash, two songs have and in the title. Which are they? 
The Clash self-titled. Hmm. Um, I don't think they did that yet. Um, um, and people, well, Dan thinks this isn't a super dickhead question. Dan asked for clash questions. I would never like serve this up to Chris or to any, to anyone else that wouldn't ask. Well, I, I know one off the top, like lightning already know it, which is police and thieves, but one of two, that's the one that I had. I was hoping that you had the other one for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going through the track list. It's like just going through the track list on Discog, so no big deal. Well, if I go through it on Discogs, it's bound to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How many times Discogs have screwed us? Um, I can't take this pressure. Hey, up, whoa! Point of the champ. Good God, man. Dan pulls it out again. All right. We go to Chris for his round number six. Chris, true or false? In 1992, Clint Eastwood uh, appears in the film Unforgiven. And also, Battered Legion releases their LP generator. Uh, oh, man. I'm going to serve Dan, <laughs> Dan up here again, aren't I? I thought I thought you were going Young Guns Two here for a second. Um, <laughs> Shout out Young Gun Two Records. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, true. Point to Posse Chris, the man. Yeah. All right, yeah. Dan. You flip we go a to coin your... enough times eventually. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Never That's fails. right. You're starting to average out, dude. It's two and one right now. You know, if you did it a bunch of times, you get fifty-fifty. All right, Dan, question number six. Uh, Final question before we move into you-know-what. All right. Before joining Madball, Hoya played in this band whose demos got re-released on 12-inch format in 2017. Demise. Point to the champ. All right. Now, let's do this for the final round. What? Okay. All right, Ben, let's go to you for the subtotals. All right. We have the champ with seven points and we have Chris with five points. So you can wager uh, as you can wager all your points. You can wager none of your points, whatever your choice is, but you got to do it right now. That's right. That's right. Both of you guys are going to put it up. So uh, Dan, how many points are you going to wager of your seven? Um, oh, I have to say first. All right. Um, one. All right. And Chris, how many points do you want to wager of your five? Uh, well, I guess I got a wager two. uh, even though I'm going to lose two here, but <laughs> can't win by wagering zero. So I'm going to say two. All right. We're going to go to Chris uh, for actually, his. Can I change my answer to six foot two? What you're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright here we go salt in my wounds <laughs> alright we're going to play this song Chris has got to 
say what 25 lyrics Rick is saying. Here we go. <laughs> Clearly, he's saying, you're pushing me. You're leaning on me. Chris, let's play it a couple times. Here we go. Again. Last time. I don't know if you have the wrong answer, but clearly he's saying, pushing me, leaning on me. (laughs) I don't know what the lyric sheet says. No. Dan, do you know this one? I think Chris is right with the pushing. You're pushing me. No, he says, mush you in the face. My respect I'll take. (laughs) All right, everyone sing along. Mush you in the face. My respect I'll take. Um, He he doesn't say the word respect at all. Yeah, the first first part you can kind of hear it, but then the second part, there's no, no way. (laughs) (laughs) all right dan let's go to you for yours it is the green button let's do this (laughs) can i steal (laughs) i thought you might know this one chris i gave it a dan (laughs) can i hear it one more well can i hear it four more times please four times here we go One more time. <laughs> I can't believe he's saying that. I know. I think I know what it is. <laughs> can I try to? Like, can I steal it for no points? At least take a. And I look get it? back. Dan enters with, and I look back. Dan, you got to do your homework. You could even just watch the VHS. It's I know. I, I recognize the song from from the '94. Doc. It's wise to the game. I, I gave you the say. I gave you the softball, dude. Uh, Chris, would yeah, you man. have gotten that? Yes. That is the one oh. line it, I would have gotten of any. I mean, when I hear it, I'm like, no, there's no way he's saying that. But then my memory says, you know what? He is saying that. All right. Well, <laughs> everybody, sing along. <laughs> and let's go to Edge for the final score. All right. Well, uh, Dan had seven points. He wagered one. He did not get the audio portion of the trivia correct because no one has ever gotten it correct, which means seven minus one is six. He ends with six points. Chris had five points. He wagered two. He didn't get it right. What a huge shocker. He ends up with three points. So Dan remains the champion. Six a six to three two. victory for the champ Daniel Sant. All right, respect. If I would have wagered three, then it would have been six to two. Six oh my two. god. Oh. Brilliant tie-in, dude. Uh, god. Really brilliant, brilliant tie-in. Missed that one. What a callback. <laughs> Way to go, dude. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking hardcore. Helping out. You know him. You love him. He is the best dressed man on the pod. He is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? 
Lights are flashing, cars are crashing. It's getting frequent now. Also helping out, it is Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Ben? What's going on? And rounding us out, it is the mighty, mighty Posse Chris. What's up, Chris? Burned by the flames. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. This week, we wanted to do another episode about talking about some records, new or old, that we want to give shine to. But uh, f- to start this off before we go, I wanted to finally talk about the Turnstile record. I think the dust is settled, and we didn't address it back when it, it came out. It lit the internet afire. You know, they've uh, they've done some mainstream things now and uh, in my opinion, have knocked it out of the park. And I just wanted to kind of address this record. Chris, you've you've spoken on it a couple times, uh, chosen tracks by it and so forth. What do you think? First off, where do you think this record lands like in their catalog? And how do you think like the overall response to it has been? Um, Man. I feel like we're, we're getting back into the trivia territory. Um, let's see, I guess, let me back up a little bit. I, I mean, what do you say about like the biggest, the biggest hardcore band in the world? Um, I just, I think it's awesome what they're doing. Love to see it. Like, you know, people talk, like I've seen people talk about like, you know, their appearances on, you know, late night shows and stuff like that. And talking about how like rising tide lifts all boats for hardcore, which I totally agree with, but like, you know, regardless of all that, like this is a band that's busting their asses. They're being creative. They're doing cool things and they're getting this, the shine that they deserve. So like, I mean, first and foremost, all that rising tide stuff aside, like good for them. Cause they deserve it. Um, this record, I love it. Start to finish, uh, you know, on my, on first listen. Um, I, I liked it. There were, songs that I kind of could have done without like some of the more jammy parts or like some of the more like eighties Miami vice soundtrack kind of parts, um, or like the, the fifties surf, surf doo-wop parts. Like, you know, I didn't hate it, but I was like, eh, this will probably be a skipper. Um, and I definitely didn't like it as much as I liked the previous record. Um, but it, it grew on me and I love it all now. You know, I ride for it all. Uh, you know, some of those, you know, further from hardcore uh, songs as well. Like, I think they're really cool. They're really well done. And uh, yeah, I think another thing that I'm, I'll kind of want to bring up, I think is interesting, you know, as I've been thinking about, you know, how I want to talk about this record. Um, we've talked on this podcast, maybe like a year or two ago about how Turnstile has kind of like, taken that floor punch formula of you know don't get me wrong they don't sound anything like floor punch like you'll never you know mistake these two bands for each other but like like floor punch was were masters of like created like genetically creating these songs that are built for the live experience um turnstile also has been really good at that historically like taking these songs that will have just these parts that are made to be like insane live when they play um and this record's a little bit different though like don't get me wrong like i haven't seen them live yet since this record i've seen some videos i'm sh- but i'm sure i'm sure it goes off like just as much as you know the previous records but it feels like 
you know, there, there was more focus on like creativity and trying new things and seeing like what they could do to kind of expand their creative footprint. Um, you know, as opposed to like, okay, this is going to be a part where there's a massive sing along or like, you know, everyone's going to get on the stage and, you know, like, um, so it's, it's kind of interesting to see, uh, just to see that shift a little bit. Um, and these are all things that could come off really cool live in kind of a, a performance art way, but not necessarily that, that tried and true, like hardcore formula of like, okay, here's the sing along where 300 kids are going to be singing, screaming the lyrics. Here's the breakdown where like all of a sudden the room clears out and everyone's destroying each other. Um, you know, it's a little bit more jammy and, uh, you know, trying some different things. I think it's really cool. Um, two last things I want to say, like, supremely talented individuals in collectively. Um, and then Franz, a bass player, like straight up may be the best live bass player in hardcore right now. Like I could watch him all day. He's got so much style. It's obscene. Um, so yeah, shout out turnstile. Love this record. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned that so much of the songwriting is like, they're aware of like a crowd being there. You know, like they're almost letting an audience be like a, a part of them songwriting in the room. And that's kind of what I thought was so impressive about when they did like the Seth Myers, the two songs on it was like, there's no crowd here and they killed it. Like they did so good. They sounded so good. Like it was, it was really mind blowing to me. And I think that we also just got to take a step back and like, we had a hardcore band play like a fast beat on like a, you know, like that's, it's like a mainstream like television show. Like that's so sick. That's like happened very rarely in the history of, of this music. So super mm-hmm. rad. For sure. Dan thinking about like the reception of this record, do you think it's like 90% positive And then there's like 10% barnacles that like are like totally opposed to it. How, how are you, how are you gauging the perception of it now that like kind of the dust is settled? 10% barnacles. <laughs> we haven't got him yet. Um, yeah, I I feel I feel even for the people that aren't necessarily digging what is on this LP that they want them to succeed. Do you know what I mean? So even if it's like, oh, it's not for me, but fuck, I hope I hope it dominates the world. You know, there's and then there's yeah, there is ten percent saying like this fucking sucks. They're gonna bring like shitty like hipster kids to shows. Well, <laughs> newsflash, they've been coming to shows for quite some time. Um, I don't know. I, I really dig it. Like to me, this LP is almost a discussion of what production will do because there are so many riffs on this that could easily be on a leeway LP or easily be on like orange nine millimeter or, or even like, you know, even like into another, like this is, this is that, move that this band is doing to an extent but 25 30 years later you know what i mean like they are taking hardcore and then pushing to a new realm with it but taking on a production that takes these songs into a realm that is can't help but soak up all of this 
um, music that they enjoy as well, which could be like some indie rock stuff, could be some dream pop stuff, could be, I mean, they have Blood Orange on the LP, so it could be some of that like amazing, beautiful, like Frank Ocean, Blood Orange, like self-made R&B as well. So it's like this band is, is being a sponge and soaking up things that they like, but then bringing it into a complete hardcore output. But the production allows these really hardcore riffs and mosh parts and stuff to sound different than they would if they were produced, say, by Taylor Steele or some, you know, uh, Taylor. Uh, uh, Young. Young. Yeah. Taylor Young, yeah, not Taylor Steele from Four Walls. <laughs> um, but if they were like being produced in a different way, these songs could sound violent, <laughs> very violent, you know. But because they're being produced in this in this direction, that they sound extremely different and allow um, lots of people, maybe outside of the genre, to hear something and catch on to something. And this can be their gateway drug to going deeper into hardcore. Yeah. And, and to be upset with a band because they're going to draw a new element of kids is so silly because, you know, anyone that pays at the door and buys a shirt is an ally of hardcore, right? So silly. Uh, Chris, you alluded a little bit to this band taking a lot of risks on this record musically, you know, um, they really get down with some, various outside instruments and also play with uh some tr- like uh program drums and so forth do you think it's like it mostly hits um i mean i think so for me it does you know i, I think for for some out there i'm sure they're you know traditionalists that that think oh but uh, you know a tambourine or a glockenspiel or whatever doesn't really have a place in hardcore but like i don't know i i love it i think it's cool yeah it just sounds like they're having fun right like they're experimenting they're having fun and it kind of comes through and it's it's part of their vibe Mm -hmm. right like and and that's what i like about it i think that some of it hits some of it misses but it's like i love that they took the swing you know it's like they have the popularity that they could take these risks and push these boundaries and I want them to have fun with their band. I want them to do their band for another 20 years and never break up. And whatever makes them happy, I want them to do. Like, I'm I'm 100% on board with this. I love this now. Um, took me a long time to come around to. And I don't know why. It just didn't grab me right away. I don't. I, I love the first song on the record. I'll get into it with Ben. We'll go track by track. But uh, I don't know. The, the Holiday song was a good first single. But didn't grab me, grab me like the front end of this record grabs me. So that was like a nice treat, I think. And listening to this album over and over and, and also listening to it with, uh, you know, some people in my circle that aren't like tried and true hardcore people. It really made me like it too, because it's fun to listen to things that I kind of like in my car with other people like, Oh, it's, you know, hardcore or, you know, it's, it's in the spectrum of hardcore and, and multiple people in my car can enjoy it. Like, I like that aspect, you know? Not everyone wants to listen to Infest with me. You know, so it is what it is. Ben, what's your take on this record? Um, I think I figured out what makes this record so polarizing 
because you know you have people who love it and then you have people who hate it and luckily we have people who love it and people who hate it on this very podcast because it would be boring if everyone agreed with each other on a podcast um i think the main thing is the production is so different from your standard hardcore record they they got a pop guy to produce the record who has like 21 pilots and all kinds of shit under his belt like just the most like so out there so far away from the hardcore universe uh producer to work on this record and it's so I, I don't like to use the word overproduced because I like very produced rec. One of my favorite albums ever is the first Boston album, which is like hyper produced. But the production choices are very polarizing. The 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 drum machine thing, the the TV kids eighties TV show reading Rainbow interludes, the real like tons of reverb on the vocals, and then the other main thing I think is the vocals themselves. Just the vocal style is, you know, a love it or hate it proposition. Um, so that's what I had to say about, like, in general, what I think makes some people want to, like, jump out of their skin when they hear this and some people want to go all in. All right, Ben, let's fucking duel, dude. Track one. Mystery. Funny synth sounds a la 80s kids TV shows. Millennial whoop rock a la the Lumineers mixed with post-hardcore. Ripping flanger-drenched whammy bar abuse guitar solo. No complaints in the guitar solo department. All right. Reading Rainbow intro. And I love it. And Chris, we've been opposed in our love of certain intros last year. You know, like you didn't like the uh, the Akulu intro. I love it because I love Santana. You weren't a big fan of this. You said it was like the one the one thing you'd change about the record. I think is the, which is the highest compliment, right? If I could change one thing about this record, it'd be the first five seconds of the, of the album, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but I love it. It reminds you of reading Rainbow. That song rips. Yo, the butterfly comes, in the sky. <laughs> the I go twice as high. I'm not stopping, dude. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. Long ribs. I can't fly anywhere. Oh, Ben hit the note. What's that, Chris? Go ahead. Uh, abstain. Okay. What? What? No, what? I, I was going to say, like, coming out of that little Reading Rainbow part, the riff, like the guitar riff on the intro is so sick. And it's only four co- chords. Like, it's pretty simple. But it's a Dude. great riff. And, like, the vocals you know, come in and do it like bounce over that in like such a cool way that adds another dimension. This is a a great example of like the musicianship from these gentlemen. Yeah. Of like taking something so simple and making it so good. The vocals carry the song. His voice sounds fabulous. Um, Yeah. It's just a killer, slow, catchy song with a great chorus and it has a killer solo. I give it an A. All right, Ben. Well, hold on one sec. What I'd say about this, like with the with the album cover plus that little bit of an intro, there's almost a mission statement being said in those small moments in in addition to the album cover. It's it's very, you know, dreamy, ethereal, like it's giving you that, but then that riff comes in and it's like, uh, 
newsflash was still hardcore. Yeah, and then he starts going, uh, 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 and it's like, oh, newsflash, I, eh, we're not really hardcore. Anyway, um, <laughs> next song, Blackout, Snapcase slash helmet style chunky song, but with a Roland CR78 drum machine set to Samba. <laughs> uh, the vocals remind me a lot of like Shelter era Ray Capo on this. Uh, there's a funky beat with some programmed drums. Has a great chorus, and I love that tambourine sizzle. And uh, there's there's a killer little one note guitar lick over the top of it. It's a total rocker, and then a breakdown hits you out of nowhere, dude. Because fuck it, give this song an A. Also, so two A's in a row. Ben, don't play. Fast hardcore intro suddenly going into Helmet plays Bossa Nova. Uh, fast part then mid tempo with a nice piano part. I give it an A. Underwater Boy, song about Stu's brother and how he's going to swim from the Nard to Japan for animal rights. This. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Wake you inside, dude. This sounds like Hired Gun by Bad Brains, which might be my least favorite song on Eye Against Eye. The chorus is really catchy. But then it goes into a hand clap part that kills the momentum. Is this yacht rock core? It's just so smooth. Uh, I said this is a chill song. It has clean vocals. I don't really like this one, but uh, the lady friend said that this is a standout. So uh, I, I don't know. I give it a C. Holiday. There's the Roland CR78 again. Back to late era Snapcase, but twice as clean and with hand claps. Uh, big bounce and guitar breaks that Turnstile is known for. Uh, lots of soft to loud dynamics. And uh, this is a good for a single. I give it an A. Humanoid slash shake it up. Almost Devo-ish punk followed by a chug part. I guess shake it up is the name of the chug part. Uh, Mid-tempo pulsar. Another breakdown kind of out of nowhere. And uh, give it a B. Endless. Pretty standard sounding punk but with highly processed pop radio style vocals and a breakdown at the end. Uh, this is like a good slow, fast song and good breakdown at the end. Another A. Fly again. Distant piano intro, then a reignition sounding chunk part with pop singer vocals doing a take on the Delphonics. Didn't I blow your mind this time? Didn't I? Flanger snare roll action. Let me live inside of that flanged out snare roll for a while. <laughs> How poetic, dude. I love it. Uh, slow guitar break. Oh, slow guitar breaky verses. Uh, again, like a, a turnstile tried and true trope. Really good singing on this one. And for a down tempo song, this is like a great mashup of like older and newer turnstile. I think this is like a perfect mashup of, of where they are now. I give this one an A. Alien love call. Chorusy guitar ballad, not even a power ballad, just a ballad. Lots of space, very little drumming. Blood Orange doing almost a spoken word poem. 80s kid TV show sound effect outro. Slow, singy, boring D. <laughs> Wild World, no O in the, the word world. 
intro from Blondie Heart of Glass, i.e. more CR, Roland CR-78 drum machine action, mid-tempo punk that almost could be on the 10-foot pole swill LP, followed by chunky snapcase chorus. The singer says, whoa, with shitloads of delay on his voice throughout most of this album. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's kind of like a Bad Brains tieback of like when HR doesn't get all lyrical on some verses. But anyway, uh, I love the spelling, the wild world, you know, and also I love the underwater boy. And I love that everything is in all caps because we all love Tsunami. That's what's up. Um, as far as the song, it's up-tempo. It's a solid track, and I give it a B. Dance off. Snapcase with cowbell and hand claps. Devo synth freakout interlude. Song drags. Cool solo with uh, some weirdo instrument, though, but still a D. New heart desire. More Bad Brains hired gun clean guitar funk, followed by more 70s drum machine and a voicemail of some sort. <laughs> I think this is a cool weirdo song. I, I dig this one a lot. Sounds like you could jam it at a luau party. Give it an A. TLC, Turnstile Love Connection. Fast hardcore verses with mid-tempo choruses and a breakdown. And that same drum machine. Lyrics are a riff on Sly and the Family Stone. Thank you for letting me be mice elf. Not much else message-wise that I can extract. Fast Rager, A. <laughs> Okay. No surprise. Ethereal synthesizer distant vocal interlude. Interlude. C. <laughs> Lonely desires with a Z. Really good mid-tempo punk with blood oranges vocals that sound like they're processed through 15 kinds of reverb. Dreamy arpeggiated synth comes in. The song feels like it's about to come back, but dreamy synths win the vo volume battle. Uh, it's a good up-tempo, mid-tempo song. I think it would have been better if the dude sang, like, in the mystery voice. I can't, like, say how, like, I can't say enough how much I love his voice when he's pushing it. He has a great voice, and I wish he did that here instead of going into, like, the singer-type voice. So uh, that bumps it from an A to a B, but this is a great song. And, uh, yeah, that's Turnstile, this LP. Dan, do you have closing thoughts on it? Um. When this first came out, I didn't really care for it. Spent a lot of time listening to it since then and uh, spent a lot of time like analyzing it for this. Didn't realize uh, I was not uh, going to talk on the tracks. So um, thanks a lot. No, just kidding. Um, we'll jump in on any track you want. No, we're no, just, no. I, I, I think you guys did great. I, I really like it now. Um, I'm not going to listen to it tons compared to lots of other things that are you know tickling my fancy but what i will say is watch the tiny desk concert that they do for npr and it'll just show you like it's a talented talented band that i really i mean the two bands that come out of trapped under ice are really pushing boundaries in two different ways. You know, they're really just smashing, smashing down like demarcation. Like what Turnstile's doing is very much like what we saw in the mid 
90s, early 90s even. Like, you know, and it's so fitting that they're on Roadrunner too, which is a label that swooped up many um, hardcore bands pushing things further and trying for that differentiation or big success. Um, whereas Angel Dust are, are even treading different boards, but, you know, both the bands came out of like one of the biggest, like, you know, moshing hardcore bands. And then they're taking those elements and then just flipping them on the head. And I, you know, I'm here, I'm here for, I'm absolutely here for, for musicians, not just being boring and putting out a blueprint of the last LP again and again and again. So maximum respect to turnstile. And, you know, if they can go into, corners of the world that has never heard hardcore and fly the flag um with you know such energy and such um absolute like positivity hats off to them and i i wish them all the best yeah you know what you want to see dude we want to see a turnstile change tour what's up This week, we all chose a record that we want to give shine to. It can be old. It can be new. And Dan, you chose something from, it actually came out in December of 2019. Um, Go ahead and jump into it and let's chat it up. Okay. The LP slash EP, you could guess it's eight songs, but it plays like an LP, I feel. It's uh, No Sense, No Feeling by High Viz. High Viz is a London band, but has a Liverpoolian singer um, from England. They play, I would say, it's post-punk, yet it's hardcore, yet it's um, something a little bit different as well. <laughs> a little bit Manchester, if you, if well, maybe not quite Manchester. Here, I will describe what I feel the band sounds like. It's like if... Hardcore kids were playing um, music like Warsaw right when they were being <laughs> turning into Joy Division. Also, a bit of the Chameleons, a bit of Echo and the Bunnymen. And then even on the last song, New Asbestos, is, it's just like uh, in Spiral Carpet, so it kind of comes all the way around to like being mid-90s, like melancholy man mad chester stuff but all the time you know being core and having that driving like stomping like core parts to it like the first song choose to lose it opens with a two-step part that you think you're going to smash someone through a wall to and then right when it's building up it goes into like a full-on chameleons echo and the bunny men part and the way graham the singer delivers vocals i feel is almost like like picket line (laughs) picket line yelling at the police but as vocals you know like it's delivered in such an amazing way it's like you know being on on strike yelling at the police but that's how his vocals come across on the on the more yelly parts because they're more like it's more like 
you can imagine every line delivered with a pointed finger at you like um has a has a bit of um has a bit of like when angelic up starts or um you know some of those oi bands tried to do the more musical style records later on has a little bit of a vibe like that too um but yeah the first song choose to lose is just amazing uh next song walking wires just as incredible um lots of amazing guitar work that could almost even be the cure meets hardcore you know um the song the bastard inside is such a powerful song it it's dealing with mental health um talking about that negative voice inside that that's never given you your due to do anything. Very familiar with this. Those dark moments where you just talk to yourself like you're a piece of shit. Like this song really does that. But then the song goes further and then there's this beautiful uplifting part where you think it's almost a musical response to like, no, you can't keep you know, good spirit down, but then the chorus comes back in to smash you back into place. Um, yeah, these songs are amazing. Voices, altitude, like I, I really, I can't recommend this enough to people. And then the last song, uh, New Asbestos, like that song, it really does to me sound like in Spiral Carpets if they were a hardcore band. It's so good and. I absolutely love um, listening to this and hearing Graham's vocals because they are very much extremely scouse <laughs> and it works really well over this, especially the post-punk parts because it cuts through like so fucking hard. So when the guitars are really doing the post-punk thing and like picking and using the guitar effects while the rhythm section is giving you that hardcore like under or post-punk slash hardcore like driving along parts and you've got him like i choose to lose like over the top it like cuts through and it just gives you such i don't know um it shows the lyrics and the thought behind these songs of being absolutely working class like powerful songs dealing with things that are not being talked about enough in society and what's, you know, it's a ton of working class pride. And then on top of it, um, the band name high viz, you know, so every road worker in England and every like, um, construction worker and, and all of that, they all wear these high visibility vests. And it's almost like when you go into a Greg's or something like that, people with high vis on you know that they're working men and uh it's almost a a claiming of that but also it, it's a nod to the Manchester like rave stuff where everyone was wearing day glow crazy stuff like back then so i love the band name as well that it's high vis because it's talking about like road workers and all of that but it's also a nod to some of the musical stuff that they tap into a little bit, which is, you know, like some Stone Roses, some, uh, you know, 
as well as like the stuff that came before, just right before Manchester, which is like Chameleons and and uh, Joy Division, etc. But it's very much you can see the bands that this band loves on their sleeve, and I love those bands, and I love this band. Yeah, I, I dig this. My palette for this stuff is not very big, so I got like a a lot of like wipers off it. You know, there's it sounds very wipersy, and a lot of that is just in the guitar tone, like the way that Greg Sage he had like a a very good left hand, and this guy does as well. Um, I really enjoyed listening. This it's a cool listen. I do wish they cut it up a tad bit more. I think that that voices song when they bring it a little more up tempo, it cuts up the album so nicely. And if they just had like one more song like that, I think the record would have a little bit better flow. Although, like, I'm not trying to knock this record at all. I really enjoyed it. Superb songwriting. Everything about it is pretty great. Just when that voice of song comes on, it's like, oh, yeah. Like, this is tight. Like, they're really cutting this up. And I wish there was a little bit more of that. Ben, what's your take on this? Uh, it's like a cool-sounding Joy Division-y, gothy punk record. So there's, like, lots of chorus and delay on the guitars. And it seems like that darker Susie and the Banshees sound got reincorporated into underground punk maybe eight or 10 years ago with bands like Arctic flowers and neon piss and Diat. I'm probably saying that pronouncing that incorrectly and crimson scarlet. And, um, it's like, just like Dan said, it's like the rhythm section is what keeps it punk, but you have the guitar and the vocals pretty much doing that chameleon's joy division post-punk type thing. And I mean, it makes sense. I mean, joy division started as a punk band. They were Warsaw. So it's not even like, it's not even like taking two completely disparate worlds and mashing them together. It's like all kind of related. And, um, I like this stuff when I hear it, but it seldom grabs me. It's like shoegaze music where it's easy to make it sound decent but it's hard to make it rise above the rest. Like I've never heard a shoegaze band that didn't sound decent, but very few of them are like on the level of ride or lush or whatever. And like, same goes for a lot of like post punky, um, uh, uh, kind of, uh, gothy type type bands. Um, I don't hear a standout track, but maybe it is the last song, which is new asbestos. Um, a pretty good record. Chris, what's your take on this? I am so glad that Dan picked this record. This is a band that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, but I didn't know if it would fly for this podcast because it's not, you know, quote unquote, hardcore or quote unquote, punk. Although, you know, I'd argue and you guys all did already that it is very much punk. (laughs) Chris, Uh, this is more more punk than the death metal record you chose. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, so in absence of, of being able to talk about them, this podcast, I've been tweeting about them like crazy from the change account. I've been telling, you know, everyone who I think might dig it, uh, with pretty much a hundred percent success rate. Like everyone that I've shared it with has been like, you know, how have I not heard this before? This is amazing. Uh, when I sent it to a Ram, he instantly like hit up the kid booking our London show and was like, yo, can this band play please? Um, so, you know, I've been building up the cult, 
and I'm just hyped to continue to do that again here today. Um, somehow this flew under my radar for a while. Uh, I blame Dan for not cluing me in. <laughs> uh, but this, yeah, this came out in 2019. Um, but I only checked it out maybe five months ago or so when I saw a friend of the pod, Mike, Mark Boardman posting about them and, and about how great they are on Instagram. So was in a spot where I could check it out. I checked it out and like instantly fell in love with it. I've been listening to it nonstop since I think a lot of the comps that you guys listed are appropriate. Um, you know, even a lot of them I didn't really think about, um, what I wrote was a lot of like kind of stone roses E parts mixed in with maybe like a touch of the damned. Um, although wipers is probably a good, uh, reference that Zach brought up. Um, yeah, that's shout. Mm-hmm. there's a slight hint of maybe something like the trouble. Um, and then, you know, public image limited was something that kind of came up and, you know, obviously in the vein of that post-punk, that makes sense. Um, the other thing too, Ben kind of hit on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit further. I think so when a lot of hardcore kids try to do bands like this, they do Admiral, you listen to one song. It's pretty good actually, you know? Um, but then you listen to the whole record and it kind of, you know, more often than not, it kind of just feels like you're listening to the same song over and over again for however many tracks are on the record. Um, but for me, this record, like every song sounds different. Um, you know, it's all them. They're not like genre jumping by any means, which may sound like contradictory given the wide range of references that we've all listed. But it it's not like part core where like one part it sounds like you know, one band and one part, it sounds like another band. It's just like, they do a really good job of meshing all these things into creating their sound. And then their sound is wide enough that it can, uh, you know, take you on a journey from track to track. You know, they write really interesting songs. Um, where I'm going to differ from Ben is I do think that there's a lot of hits on this record. Um, you know, Maybe maybe it's just because I've listened to it a bunch more. Um, you know, maybe I didn't hear those as much at first, but like I can't even pick my favorite song off this because I'll listen to it and literally the the next song I listen to, I'll be like, no, wait, actually, maybe this is my favorite track. And then, you know, when Dan was going through the tracks, I was like, yes, that song is amazing. And then, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think this is a fantastic record start to finish. It's got a lot of range. Um, a lot of catchiness, uh, straight up. If I had a record label, I'd be throwing everything I had at, at trying to sign this band. Cause I think they should legit be the biggest band in the world. Yeah. Someone needs to do a repress. Only 300 came out and nothing is available on discogs. No, there's, a, there's, a, there's a repress on Bandcamp, and there's still some copies available. Oh, I'm going to get that. Yeah. Get one All for right, me. Right so on. we can split Safe. that international shipping. Yeah. Oh shit! All right, yeah. Let's let's put together an order. There's some stuff I want to get. <laughs> All right, um, listeners. Let's who who wants in? Yeah, who wants <laughs> in? Hit me one hundred eighty-five miles south at gmail.com. I also right. think the person who put it out is the guitar player of Gallows. Oh yeah, Gallows is on this label, so that would make sense. All right, Ben. Let's go on to you for your choice. 
All right. Yeah. Um, Guilty Faces. Um, Is this self-titled? Hold on. Give me a second here. It is not. It is called Domestic Bliss. See, that's why we... I'm like an idiot because this is my pick and I didn't know the name of this record. Yeah. Domestic Bliss came out in 2009 on Deranged Records. All right. Domestic Bliss, the one and only album by the Guilty Faces, although they do have other records. They have a seven inch at the very least and then some tapes. I do have the seven inch. Um, This is a band that played the No Way Fest in Richmond, Virginia with my band at the time bad reaction in 2008 and i don't think i would have even heard of them otherwise which is crazy because it's so good and so that whole no way records deranged records sorry state records early 80s hardcore punk revival scene that happened in the mid to late 2000s seemed to really favor fast bands and these guys are mostly mostly mid-tempo there's a few fast songs on this um, but it, it's mostly mid-tempo. Um, I love how the vocals are simultaneously snotty and sincere and pissed. And the melody and the lead guitar riffs really makes the band. Um, it's very 80s sounding without sounding like a specific band from the 80s, which is like, that's who could ask for anything more? It's like, yeah, we sound like the best era of music ever, but you can't, you can't listen to another band from that era instead of us. Like you have to accept us because we're, you know, there's no substitute. And so maybe naked Ray gun a little bit with, with a very different singing style is the closest thing I can think of. Um, It's kind of baffling that there aren't more bands that play like this because it's so good and it seems fairly easy to make music like this, but I guess it's easier to just play a hundred miles an hour and ditch the melody altogether. So we end up getting way more of that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. I, I, I dig this. It's, it, you know, it's so up my alley. It's just like all it's, it, I mean, my current band surprise vacation, we play mid tempo punk and I do melodic guitar lines, you know, it's like, even though it's not hardcore ish, like this record, this is just like right in my ballpark. What do you, you guys think is, of this one? Would you say this is 1.5? Um, some of it. Yeah. Um, so, some of it definitely hits that. Um, so not front to back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the first song is fast. So yeah, it's yeah. It comes, yeah. it comes fast, like out the gate and, uh, yeah, if I put this on, it's a nice palate cleanser after uh, Turnstile and, and High Viz. Like, this is a hard right turn back into, like, straight punk. But that first song came on, and I was like, oof. Like, and I'd never heard of this band before, so I thought it was maybe one of Ben's friends' band. And I was like, god damn, Ben's friends' band sucks. Like, this is a bummer, you know, because everything sounds buried. It's just kind of a, a whatever fast song. Um, total skipper. But then song two and three come on and they're just like straight up 1982 1.5 ragers, right? The yeah. dude's got a great snotty voice. There's these cool little guitar licks and leads that Ben is like referring to. And it's so tasteful. It's not overly done. The guy's not like a like an ADD guitarist. You know, like I love that 
that band uh, Milk Music. I think they're from the Pacific Northwest, like from maybe 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. that band is super cool. I love them. But like the guitarist, he's just like noodling the whole time. That's kind of like their thing. And this guy is just, he hangs back and it literally just like, I don't know. He paints like a little masterpiece with like when he comes in. These are great. This is so good. And starting from the second track, like this song, this album just never lets up. It rages. It's a great record. And when I saw it was 2009, I was like, God damn it. Like, there's no way this band is still around. And they're definitely broken up. Right, Ben? Yeah. 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 So that just sucks because like this really is an outstanding band and an outstanding record. And it's just one of those things that sucks because it's like it came out over 10 years ago. They broke up and it's like, oh, it's cool music. But like, should I give a fuck? I don't know. Like, there's only so much time in the day to listen to stuff. And I, I kind of want to invest myself in bands I can see and support that are still going or I listen to a lot of old stuff. So it, it, it it's kind of like one of those heartbreaking punk moments of like when you're older, cause you have so much in your catalog that you want to listen to. And then you hear something like this, that's like so good, but it's just like, when am I ever going to find the time to ever listen to this again? I don't know. You know what you do? You, you take this, you take tracks two and three, which I agree are the standout tracks glass bullets and no point at all. And you, and you break, cause this is on Spotify. You break those out and you put those on like a, do you have like a playlist? That's just like random shit playlist. I have one of those. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just do that. And then you'll, at least you'll be listening to those two songs like a lot. I mean, it's better than, you know, n- never, never revisiting this again. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Chris, what's your take on this? Um, like Zach, I had never heard this band before. Um, I was going to chalk it up to it coming out in 2009 when I was in college and super focused on studies and then, you know, the local scene, not really leaving Seattle. Um, But the fact that Ben said he probably never would have heard about it if he wasn't out there makes me feel a little bit better. (laughs) Um, Discog says that this is members of career suicide, but that can't be the career suicide, right? Because they were a a Toronto band. You know, what's weird is... Uh, career suicide the toronto band also played the no way fest that year and um that is correct it is a different career suicide how random is that like Weird. i guess that's i guess that's a kind of a name that was in the ether at the time yeah yeah this band is from connecticut correct yeah, and I think if you gave me a thousand guesses, I would not have guessed that this band was from Connecticut, which, you know, at this point shouldn't surprise me. But, you know, with the rise of like the internet kind of killing off regional sound. But yeah, this sounds like a Southern California, you know, hardcore band, punk band. Um, I Yeah, I think it's cool. It, it reminded me, this may be more the vocals than anything else, but it, it reminds me a little bit of the Circle Jerks. Um, I, I think he kind of has like a Keith Morris esque attack at times. Chris is reading my notes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not crazy. Uh, standout track for me. I also put uh, no point at all. I really like the cool lead over the mid tempo part. Uh, it really kind of stands out. Um, yeah. I think this is cool. This is, yeah. Thanks for sharing it, Ben. I dig it. I think, you know, like Zach, because you know, they're not a band that I'll ever get to see. I probably won't listen to them a ton. Um, but I'll definitely revisit it again. Good Dan, what's your take? Um, yeah, I definitely think it has Keith Morris 
uh, sound on the vocals. I feel like a lot of, especially the more melodic mid-tempo ones, like my favorite song is Hollowed Out, um, but those like really melodic ones, I feel like it's like adolescence swing meets swinging at us with Keith Morris singing, you know? It's like those like melodic swinging at us, mid-tempo bangers that you'd get with a little bit of like West Coast thrashy hardcore with Keith Morris singing. That's that's what this album is to me. And it's very good. Um, I love that it's got like nods to like power pop in it while it's still like being straightforward punk, you know, um, which totally signifies it being 1.5-ish, really, you know. Um, yeah, I love it. I can see why this is right up Ben's alley, and I enjoyed it a lot as well. Hell yeah. All right, dude. Let's turn that cross upside down and send it to Chris for his pick. Yeah. I wanted to send this down under and talk about Mind Snare, uh, specifically the record The Death, which came out in 2004, I believe. This is a band that I'm pretty sure like the only people in the U.S. that ever ever heard them are like people who are in bands that have toured Australia. And if you've toured there, you probably played with them. They probably absolutely blew you away live. Um, so when we were there, it was 04. They were on the last show of, of the tour. Like everywhere we went, kids were saying the last show is going to be sick. Like Mind Snares, the greatest band in the world, right? Um, I even had some kids playing it for me. And, you know, I thought it was cool. I didn't really get it until I saw them live. And then, you know, once I did, yeah, I agree. They're brilliant. Um, so I listened to some crossover, but I don't listen to a ton of thrash metal. Um, I don't listen to any death metal. I don't really know what to compare it to because I don't have that frame of reference. Um, but it is, it's heavy. It's fast. It's, um, there's speed picking. There's crazy tempo changes. There's stop on a dime breaks. Uh, I think for kids that are looking like, again, I don't know what to compare it to, but I feel like if, if you're someone that likes a band like wrist meat razor, um, or even like sanction, um, it doesn't sound like either of those bands at all. Cause it's not mosh core. It's definitely not metal core. Uh, it's just hard and mean, like balls to the wall thrash. Uh, you know, if you like kill them all era Metallica or early Exodus, you'll probably vibe on this. Um, it's just more modern sounding and, and meaner and raw. And, um, you know, I think nails maybe or ingrown could be an, uh, another grouping where if you like these bands, you like music that is just like the most aggressive, uh, crazy music you possibly think of. Um, though obviously this band predates both of those bands. Um, this is a band also that like, if I'm driving late at night and I need to throw something on to keep me awake, like I'll throw this on and my fingers will just be like, you know, tapping furiously on the, on the steering wheel to the beat as I'm driving. And it just gets me so psyched. Um, anyways, it's fantastic. They're absolutely killer live. Like you listen to this, you probably are picturing like, you know, a bunch of metal heads with long hair, but like these dudes are like straight up hardcore kids. Like, 
they're 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 kind of like the godfathers of Australia hardcore. They're still a band. Like they still play. Um, I'm sure that people in this band are like in their fifties. And if you see them, you know, they're rocking seven second shirts and slap shop shirts. And like, they don't, they don't give off a metal band vibe. Like I honestly, like they kind of give off a nardcore vibe. Like I could see like these dudes just hanging out with the nard, you know, the nard crew, like down at the beach and like, um, I don't know. It's sick. Really cool dudes. Uh, great, great band. I love them. I can't recommend enough. Like everyone check out this band. You probably won't fall in love with them. Like, like I did until you see them, but it's, I love it. And this is not my lane. Like I said, uh, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not your lane. Cause you had really no true form of reference here. I think that like for the layman, maybe tossing out nails and ingrown is good because it is brutal, like heavy hardcore with starts and stops and tempo changes. So like that kind of encompasses it, but this is pretty straight over the plate death metal. Um, it's, it's, it's really good, Chris. Like this is, this is good death metal in my opinion. Um, cause it keeps you on your toes, but they fall into the backbone is there, right? Like if, if I was going to choose like why this falls, a little bit in the hardcore lane would be like their fast beat is kind of a more like straightforward, like the, the backbone of the band is not like a blast beat or some insane, ugly fast beat. It's like a good fast hardcore beat. So it has like that meat, you know, like hardcore, this like drop tuner shit has to be meaty. It can't be like silly and whatever, but uh, yeah, this is cool. The, the first song is, fast and then there's like a youth crew tom's breakdown which is great and then it goes like straight into a blast beat like they really keep you on your toes uh the recording is really good the drumming is great um the only thing that throws me for a loop a little bit is the singer does two different voices and Five. one is okay well two that stand out to me right like there's the one straightforward one and then there's like the like the watch out there's a goblin around the corner voice <laughs> which is always like kind of a little like yeah. throws you off a bit um I think- I think that's why I like it. Like, I feel like death metal that I've heard, it just sounds like one singer and it gets a little bit monotone. Whereas this guy, mm-hmm. he's got a range and kind of like an attitude that makes it uh, interesting. I don't know. He's like speaking for the whole village, you know? So yeah, it's pretty sick. I, I like this. Never heard of it before. The name is pretty sick too. Like everything about this is sick. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, ben, this is not your lane, but how do you feel about it? I I was wondering if that's Rick to life on vocals, and um, and maybe it's the Australian RTL, and he's riding a kangaroo instead of a horse. Um, <laughs> I just did a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, the drummer has had some serious caffeine. The way he's alternating between hardcore beats, blast beats, and breakdowns a lot. It sounds schizophrenic. Um, I was wondering if this was a Thugcore X death metal mashup, but I think Zach did a good job explaining where it fits genre-wise. And I'd say The Web is the standout track on the album that is off the chain. You know which song I'm talking about? Where he goes, wow, wow. (laughs) We'll put it on the playlist. We'll include that one. All right. So let's see. Yeah, and also like just other things to compare it to. You know, it's like 
where they're really walking that like heavy, like almost death metal and hardcore vibe. Like you could name check like a black breath. You can name check like a later ringworm, you know, where it's like it could go either way. But yeah, those are good comps. Outstanding musicianship. Dan, what's your take on this? Yeah, that's one of the things that I'd written down for what this reminded me of was Black Breath. Um, but but Black Breath meets Hatebreed to me, and obviously meets Morbid Angel as well. Um, what I like about it is, th- like you say, the the variety the singer is giving you vocally. It goes from, like Ben said, a Rick to Life to a full-on, like, you know, Chris Barnes, to a a coven of witches around a cauldron vocally. Like, he's just all over the place. And it def- that's why I was like, how many singers are in this band? You know, and Chris is like, one. I'm like, man, he's putting in work. <laughs> like, he's giving you a lot of very different sounding voices on the same song, you know? Um, this is not my lane, you know, but I, I appreciate it. I listened to it three times all the way through. So, you know, I wasn't loathing it at all. It's good, hard, aggressive metal. I won't even call it metallic hardcore. It's metal first with hardcore in the background, you know, even though it's hardcore ethics, etc. Um, it's, it's Great, and I can only imagine how good they would be live because there's a lot of energy in this, whereas when I listen, you know, I'm subjected to metal-first records, like when it's the kind of metal that I don't like that much, when I'm subjected to some of those records, I find, like, the lack of energy in lots of those things is what, bores me or drags me down but there's so much energy on this that it keeps me head bobbing and like keeps me for the whole ride you know so i think if anything is like the testament of how good this is it's the fact that they've poured everything into it and they're move they're moving it in the studio so you're moving it when listening you know yeah hell yeah that rules i'm gonna have to up some some videos live because uh and share them with you guys because it's just i don't know it's yeah there's a lot of energy when they play it's like circle pits the whole time um it's just and in australia like you can't overstate like how like revered this band is like they're like gods there in the hardcore scene and not like you know maybe in the metal scene but like every lane of hardcore kid like looks up to these guys as like the legends and, and it's pretty cool. Um, and I will say too, like I mentioned, there's still a band, like they had a record that came out in 2017, which, you know, if you throw out the pandemic, that's basically like a year ago. Um, and it's <laughs> great too. It's a fantastic record. I could have picked that one. The only reason I picked, you know, the death is because that was the record that, you know, was out when I saw them and I, you know, got that record and instantly fell in love with it. So that's, it's the instant like first choice for me, but like their latest record on the Holy rush is fantastic as well. And tying it back to, uh, the one eight five, um, favorites, they have a three-way split with numb who I believe is a band from Japan, maybe and powerhouse. So this band has a split with powerhouse, um, Oakland powerhouse. Yeah, the one the Ooh. one powerhouse record I don't have. 
Oh, that would be powerhouse. Uh, <laughs> that would be powerhouse. <laughs> All right. Well, that rules, Chris. I'm glad they got their due on here. Uh, so hell yeah. Mind snare. What's up? And I can vouch for Chris. He wanted us to do the whole catalog. And I was like, man, this is too much homework. Choose a record, you know? So Chris rides for the whole thing. He's a tried and true fan. So that rules. All right. My choice uh, is a brand new 12 inch that just came out on indecision records, 2020, January, 2020. It is the abrasion EP born to be betrayed. This thing is straight up punishing, you know, like if you're a fan of division of mind, harm's way, Jesus peace, like this is right in your lane. It smashes all the way through without any melody whatsoever. Um, and they keep me on my toes. Like they bounce around a lot, riff to riff, super hard. And I just, I love it. It's punishing. It's also like the, the perfect length for this stuff. Like get in, get out. I want like six songs. I'd love a band like this to put out, you know, three songs a year, six songs every, you know, couple years. Like it's great because all these songs are standouts. So this thing does not let up at all. I listen to it every time as like a, a basically a single track. And I absolutely, I just love it. Dan, what's your take? Yeah, this thing smashes. Um, it's recorded so well. It's channeling anywhere from mid nineties, like Euro hardcore, a la like Abananda, to modern like things that are peers of theirs, while also you know really leaning on some of that chugger chugger that you would get. It's just everything about it is so good. It's like you can tell they're fans of hardcore over a long time period. It's really, and it's so aggressive and so loud and so hard. You know, um, I really, I really dig it. The, the record cover looks like it literally could be from 1992 or even like a all out war record cover or something you know or abnegation even like a words of war style like vegan metal record cover um i think that they the the fact that it is the singer of dare singing in this and being very different is really cool you know um the the way that he delivers vocals in this is just throat ripping uh aggression whereas there's so much more style and like you know groove to dare so i i love that it's a singer doing two different bands and just fully like i don't know 100 demons is his brain out on this you know like it has that vibe of like the almost the evil mosh metal slash metallic hardcore and even maybe even a little bit of throwdown or something in it i don't know i just i really dig it i'm so glad it's on indecision i think it's a fantastic release and i'm looking forward to hearing more yeah i like that you said that it sounds loud because it does yeah like that's that's an interesting way to describe something but it's true like it just sounds punishing like that whether you listen to it loud or not it just sounds furious the production is so good. And if you're going to play this style of music, you got to bring the heat, dude. You got to come with the production. Like there's no, 
there's no getting around it if you're playing this style. You got to step it up, you know, spend the money, get a good ass recording, and this thing is is stellar. Uh, Chris, what's your take on it? Uh, so when we talked about Mind Snare, I didn't have a lot of comps for them, but then you know, as I listened to it back to back with this abrasion record, there are some similarities here. Like they don't necessarily sound like you know like the same band or or you know even the same style but like it's technical speed picking aggressive you know heavy and fast brutal like you know a similar description you know to kind of how i described mind snare um so i just think the other thing that made me kind of think about is like thinking about the journey that is going to be this episode's playlist is just kind of cracking me up (laughs) because you start with Start with Turnstile, and then you go to High Viz, to Guilty Faces, and then you have this this mind snare abrasion block of seriously aggressive technical demon music, <laughs> and then and then I, you know no spoilers obviously, but following it up with the A versus B is going to be about you know as abrupt a one eighty as you could possibly make again. <laughs> uh, so I, this the playlist is going to be a fun one, but. Um, yeah, back to abrasion. I think I love this record too. It's again like Mind Snare is not really in my lane, but it is so good. Um, and you know, obviously, it's it's really early for this, but this is my favorite record of 2022 so far. Um, yeah. Adam is a badass drummer and the sickest person, and I'm just super psyched to see him continuing to put out great music. And it's cool to see. You know, we talked about Angel doing you know dare and doing this and it being completely different um you could say the same thing about adam who also drums in Berthold city you know not to mention strife and you know one choice and he's filled in a ton of bands and so it's kind of cool to see his range as well because he's super talented um my highlight track is face to face which is appropriately was the single uh, the dude from Momentum does guest vocals. His part is just so mean. Like, it makes me want to smash everything. Um, <laughs> I I don't, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to say that in a way that makes it sound like Angel's voice isn't awesome, because it, it, it is. But this is, like, one of those truly great guest vocal parts where it adds another dimension to it. And, um, you know, I will just say, you weren't built for this game. You don't know violence. Stay out of my way. Mosh part. <laughs> yeah, dude. This thing pounds. And sick intro, too, dude. I love an intro. And this kills it. Intro and then four tracks. And the LP is the whole thing on both sides. Like uh, like Gulch, like Gulch did, which is uh, probably the sickest thing ever. You know, it's like, because you can just wear it down on one side and then wear it down the other side, dude. Fuck it. Ben, is this 1.5? Um, my question is, is this mind snare with a different name? Just kidding. There's no, five. Mind snare, say- well, like we, they lean way more fast, right? And this leans way more mosh. Although I love that this abrasion doesn't like stay away from having a fast part, you know, like they're like, we can do it all like foo, but we're just like, we're mostly here to smash. You know, where Mind Snare is like, they're a death metal band, dude. They got to like bring the fast parts as a backbone of their band. 
Yeah, I was going to say, um, the singer doesn't sound like Rick to life and there's 5% more reverb on the snare drum. So there's that difference too. Um, the singer, he, it's got, he has this really, there's, there's no word for it. And I'm sure everyone would make fun of me if I came up with a word for it, which I'm going to do right now. Um, where you scream in a way that it sounds like you're inhaling while you're screaming and uh, like inhale scream core. So, there are a lot of bands that have done that throughout the history of hardcore. Of course, put on the spot. I can't, I can't name any, I want to say turmoil, but I haven't listened to turmoil in 20 years. So maybe not them. Um, on the song face to face, does he say, shut your fucking mouth, bitch. And there are no rules when it comes to stomping out a bitch. And on no loyalty, does he say you fucking bitch? Hey, Ben, trivia is over, dude. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't have my lyric sheet yet. Okay, because this dude might think he's too short because he said bitch so many times on this record, but maybe I'm hearing it wrong. So, um, like, I hear it again towards the end, like, or on s- another song, it sounds like he's saying, um, oh, God, I don't know, Death's Embrace. He, it sounds like he says it. So if that word gets canceled, like so many other words already have, this record is fucked. <laughs> Tsunami's gonna hold the line, dude. So uh, yeah. it's all good. The word is safe for now, and uh, that's that. But yeah, these are bands uh, that we want to give shine. Everyone, check out the playlist 185milesouth.com and click that playlist link at the top of the page. You can listen to the music for every episode. Check out the songs we talk about because it is about the music. And so are these records. Collector's Bargain Corner. All right, we're going to do a Collector's Bargain Corner with Posse Chris. Send it to you, bud. Yeah, this is a band that I have talked about a few times on this podcast because I think they're fantastic. Uh, But they do not have songs on Spotify, so they've never been on one of our playlists. um, And I have passed them up for... Uh, various Super 7s, but they are fantastic. I'm going to talk a little bit about Vacant State, which was a band from Vancouver, BC. Uh, Late uh, 00s, early teens, I believe, uh, featured Mark Palm from Goat Alone, Devotion, Super Crush. Uh, Adam Mitchell from Blue Monday uh, was also in Bishop's Green for a minute. Um, I think one of the guys was in Stride. It was in In Stride. But this band doesn't sound anything like any of those bands. It's just the most raging, pissed off hardcore you can imagine, like stripped down to the rawest denominator. It goes from blazing fast to, you know, that more boot style mid tempo. Uh, so if you like bands like Last Rites or, um, you know, Restraining Order more recently, uh, even a band like Slant, like this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, we've also talked about Bootlooker a bunch on this pod. I don't know this for a fact, but um, because those guys are from Vancouver and they're playing the style of, or like the Vancouver area, and they're playing the kind of style of hardcore that they they do, I would be shocked if these guys, if the members of Bootlicker weren't like total, total disciples of Vacant State. Um, so yeah, incredible band. The style of hardcore they do is pretty big now. And they were on deranged records and still for some reason, like 
you can find any of their records on Discogs for under face value. I think when I realized this, I literally bought every record that was for sale on Discogs, including ones that I maybe already had at home because I was out, you know, out somewhere. And I was like, ah, do I have this? I think I do. I don't know. It's only four bucks. I'm going to get it. Um, so, you know, this won't be on the playlist because it's not on Spotify. So, you know, hit pause or, you know, as soon as the podcast is over, go to Bandcamp, pull up their LP, fill the void. Like their whole catalog is great, but fill the void to me is like, it's the LP. It's the biggest, uh, you know, piece of output. I think they have uh, two seven inches and like a demo that was turned into a seven inch as well. But yeah, fill the void. I mean, looking at Discogs right now, uh, there's literally one on there for six fifty, and another one for seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. So jump on Discogs, everyone. Vacant state, fill the void. There's one for six dollars fifty cents. There's one for seven ninety nine, and there's a bunch that are out of the United States. Also, their other records are cheap too. So this is a perfect collector's bargain corner. And like Chris said, they are not on Spotify. But they are on Bandcamp. You go to slow-death-records.bandcamp.com. Their whole collection is up there, 2009 to 2014. The LP that Chris talks about starts on track 10, Fill the Void. So check that out. And uh, yeah. Side A versus Side B. All right. We are doing Side A versus Side B for... One of the greatest hardcore LPs of all time. Everyone knows it. It is Gorilla Biscuits Start Today Revelation Records. What's up? Dan, we go on side A or side B? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I listened to this uh multiple times in the build-up to being put on the spot like this. Um what I mean it's such a great ride all the way through, as we as we you know like to say. But what was that? Did did I just echo? You echoed. Oh, sorry. Um, um, what I love about this LP is you can listen to it because it's so much in your you know it's so much in ingrained in your DNA at this point from most of the people listening to this that you'll find um, upon a different listen, a new song will be your favorite for that listen. And then you'll move on to a different one the next time, you know, but if I'm coming down to it and I have to choose, I'm going with side B. Um, you start, you get start today that kicks it off two sides, which is a, it just has some of the best um it's you know when when a, a vocalist goes goes from like being aggressive and then they do do the spoken thing while the ring out's happening and it's just there's two like it, oh I, I love it um first failure is the song that you know is the the equivalent on side a to that i feel is forgotten both of them are so good, um, but could easily be flipped into positions. I feel I really uh, like the positive lyrics of First Failure. Um, competition, now this is my disco banger. I absolutely adore this song. 
uh, so much that I took it on the uh, 1989 Super 7. Go back in the archives and listen to that. Then you got Time Flies, which also gives you the the spoken like ring out part that is just absolutely epic. And then you've got Cats and Dogs, which is uh, a very intelligent take on on vegetarianism that makes you know a young 16 year old edgeman like myself go hmm that is an interesting point shout out russell crowe shout out to the meme (laughs) yeah um now when you look at side a it's just chock full of amazing stuff too but you know maybe i've listened to side a a little bit more Oh god, but I'm missing that part on degradation where it just just fucking slam dunks on Nazis with the lyrical content and the way it's delivered with the smashing drums. Uh I'm going side B. Side B for the win. This one is so hard because can I live in a world without new direction, you know? And then degradation probably the greatest straightforward hardcore song on the record. If we're saying hard, you know, but yeah. my favorite tracks on start today, they've always been two sides through the end. And it, and it's, this is a really hard side, a side B because the only track that I don't care for on the record is start today. So can I live in a world without new direction? And then do I want the one song I don't like on the record on my shit? Well, yeah, I do. Cause B2 to B6 is like the apex of melodic hardcore. This is the greatest shit in the world. You know, absolutely love it. Can't live without it. These are my favorite songs from one of my favorite bands of my favorite genre. I'm side B. Ben, what's your take? Why don't you like the song Start Today? Yeah. It's just a little silly. Even in like the... Even in the tempo. What? Maybe when it's played like that, it sounds crazy. Like it's fucking Mojo Nixon doing it or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. Whatever, dude. You don't got to like everything, right? No, I yeah. agree. I Totally. I just wanted to know why you didn't like it. That's all. Well, um, that's why especially since you like the fucking new turnstile album. Um, so this is difficult. <laughs> this is difficult. Don't make me do a head to head on start today versus the new turnstile. <laughs> She'll get <laughs> way too real. Oh my God. This Cue is difficult. Positive, Cue positive. W- do you want positive? Check this out. This is the most difficult side A versus side B because we're talking about a perfect album so we're comparing perfection to perfection and then asking which side is more perfect minor threat never released a proper lp therefore this is by default the greatest lp ever made by anyone any genre i wish i had the practical test of listening to this on vinyl for the past 30 years and seeing which side i you know got more play on the turntable but I've been listening to the 99 track version of the CD for almost the past 30 years and always starting on track one and not skipping anything. Um, Start today. The song might be the most unique song on the album because it's so mellow, which gives strength to side B 
And the best, the best song on the whole album is Competition, which is also on Side B. But the album opener is so epic that I'm going to have to go team New Direction and choose Side A. It's the mission statement of hardcore. You need that song. Listen to how it just smashes you repeatedly with classics on side A. New Direction, going into standstill, going into degradation, going into good intentions, going into forgotten, going into things we say. 99.9% of hardcore bands should feel ashamed that the music they made doesn't even come close. With records this great, I wonder why I still buy so many records. I own this one. Do I really need 4,000 more pieces of recorded music that aren't as good? So side A is my choice. <laughs> I love it. Chris, let's go to you. Um, like Dan, I uh, kind of dreaded this one <laughs> uh, just because, you know, there's a lot of, of, of personal, uh, you know, investment on both sides of these. You know, both sides have absolute classics. Both have some borderline cringe cheese factor songs though somehow still awesome both have tracks that you know maybe not my personal or you know maybe not the um the hit like the 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 name brand hits are um fantastic and both have both sides have tracks that have like personal relevance to me from like a lyrical you know life-changing perspective um before I jump into this debate, I want to share a short, hopefully, memory. Because um, this band always kind of makes me think about this. When, when I was writing for Left With Nothing, um, this is the tour where I first met Dan and Zach in the summer of 98, I believe. Uh, the, the van had some issues where if you tried to listen to the radio while the headlights were on, <laughs> there was like some cross wired situation and like all the smoke would start coming out of the dashboard, like, like to the point where it felt dangerous. So like we literally could not listen to the stereo at night while driving, which, you know, if you've been on tour before or even just have driven in your life ever, uh, this is absolute torture. And this was before the era of smartphones where you basically had a music machine in your pocket. So, you know, you would drive in silence, literally, um, particularly as people started to fall asleep. One night I was driving from Las Vegas to Phoenix. I remember getting tired. Everyone was asleep by that point. There were no tunes. And to keep myself awake, I just started singing this record from the start and seeing how far I could get with like, you know, the lyrics that I remembered and, you know, I got a couple songs in and uh, the bass player, Brian Redmond, who sadly is no longer with us. He passed away about 15 years ago or so now, sadly. Um, he, he was in shotgun. He woke up, he realized kind of what was happening and, and, you know, like a good friend joined in on the sing along, you know, this, this mental exercise that would, keep me from driving off the road and killing us all in some godforsaken corner of Arizona desert. Um, you know, it's a dumb little memory, but like with Brian passing a few years, it's like it's later. It's, it's one of those things that has really kind of stuck with me and gave it like a, a special attachment to this, to this record. I think it's perfect because how many other, it just goes to show how classic this album is, right? Cause how many other LPs could you really, do that for yeah like i think all four of us on this podcast have a shot 
at making it through like this whole record without watermelon it too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So for the exercise at hand, side A versus side B, um, you know, maybe we could look at uh, how many bands are named after the songs on track A versus how many uh, on tra- track B. We got New Direction, Stand Still, Degradation, things we say. Um, but yeah, really though, like, let's let's talk about side A. I think, you know, life is full of those before and after moments. For me, it's not an exaggeration to sh- say that, you know, a big one personally was, you know, life before and life after I heard the song New Direction. This is, as Zach likes to say, you know, one of the best songs ever written, not just hardcore in any genre, uh, because hardcore is the best genre. And as Ben already called out, like this, this song is like the mission statement for what hardcore is. And, and that's super sick. Degradation, anti-Nazi song, plus one point. You look like a skin, but that's where it ends is a great line. Um, there's some cheesy lines on this one. Like there are almost every uh, track on this record. Uh, but that that line is great. And there's never enough anti-Nazi songs in this world. Forgotten is an underrated track. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on things we say, because as cheesy as this may sound, like I remember when I heard the line, he's just a jerk, but jerks hurt too. And like the rest of the lyrics in that song, you know, I was in high school. Um, I'm sure most of us can relate to high school being a period of, you know, intense insecurity, bullying. Um, You kind of had to take a self-defense approach of like, you know, strike first before they can strike you. Um, And this song you know, as cheesy as it sound, it made me think about that and like evaluate how I was interacting with people and like, why am I being aggressive towards this person in anticipation? In anticipation, I cannot say that word. Anticipation <sighs> that they might be aggressive towards me. That's messed up, you know. And I can think of a. F- Like when I heard the song, it made me think about that and it made me try to really change how I approach interacting with others, you know, in my life. And I can think of a few examples where that actually made a tangible change of my relationship with that that person, you know, where people that I was aggressive towards and were aggressive towards me became my friends because, you know, maybe they were feeling that same insecurity and that need to be on the, the offensive and so when I tried to remove my, my mentality from that aggressive, you know, maybe they saw that and lowered their guard. And then we actually became really good friends. I can think of like a couple of times where that's happened, like specific people. And that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, I also echo that, Chris. Like uh, this song had a massive impact on me because lyrically there's really been nothing like it to, to break down think about what you do and don't be a bully because the the line that always stayed with me is because cutting words can ruin days and it instantly makes you mentally go back to when you were a dick to someone you know Mm -hmm. and just the the shame and regret that you get from those moments because those are you know there's lots of shameful moments that keep all of us up at night from when we were you know 12 
Do you know what I mean? You want to go back and change that. I Dude, threw from, this kid from like three years yeah. ago. I can think of things from like three years ago where it's like, I can't believe I did or said that. Like, yeah. What was I thinking? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about the ones that have just hung around my neck for years. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. But also, things we say also has like the coolest backup part ever where it goes, he can't believe. <laughs> like they're commenting on Siv not being able to believe. Uh-huh. I love that. It's so like it's so full of fun. It's so that. gorilla biscuits. Like, you know, as I referenced earlier, like there's some cheesy parts, but like they work for some reason. Yeah. Because they're one of the goats. Yeah. <laughs> like straight up. It's just like it's one of those intangibles, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But so, yeah, I can't I can't relate to this dick talk. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so enough of of me delaying the inevitable here. Like, let me speak on side B for a minute. Two sides, like forgotten, is another underrated banger. Lyrics aren't too far off from things we say. You know, it kind of covers like realizing that you know others that you may be confrontational towards are also human beings with their own struggles and demons. Um, the very mature uh, take. Uh, first failure, time flies, competition—all fantastic, great tracks. Uh, I'm gonna go side A though because I can't get past that personal importance of new direction and things we say, and that's really what it comes down to. Hell yeah, we're split, and that's how it should be when you're breaking down one of the greatest albums ever. All right, uh, Dan, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on. Instagram at Southpaw Instagrammer. Bedge, where can everyone find you? Instagram at Cold Chillin Book. Chris, do you want people to bother you? If so, where can they find you? Pretty soon you'll be able to find me on a beach and slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Instagram, Twitter, it's all Chris Williams 51. Yeah. If you want to get me 185 miles south, on Instagram, 185 miles south at G, uh, yeah, Gmail. And then Zach Retaliate Instagram. And Retaliate is the best Instagram. Everyone, thanks so much for the support. We will talk to you again next week. <laughs>